0: honor that you guys would worship with us this morning and uh just be a part of of what god is doing here in the life of city church and uh for everyone here in person uh, can we just give it up for everyone online just make some noise for them it's good to see you all it's so cool like each week we're seeing uh more and more people starting to come back and uh seeing people that we literally haven't seen in six or seven months and and it's just uh It's an honor to have you back home with us. Um, I know that this is an armory, but the church is a family, and and we are genuinely honored that you guys are with us today. Hey, I'm going to dive straight into today's talk, to today's message. Uh, We've been in a series called Kingdom Culture. We are now roughly two months into this. And uh, we're really just walking through the Sermon on the Mount line by line. And the reason we're doing this is because with everything that's going on in our world, from, um, from politics to coronavirus to uh, the, the racial uh, injustice that we're seeing, uh, my question when we reopened was, Lord, what is it that you would have us... Uh, what, what, how do I get up here and talk about all this stuff? How do I get up here and talk about... Um, the, the brutality that we've seen, or the tension in politics, or the fact that there are families who haven't seen their loved ones in months. And I uh, really just felt that he led us to the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and I posted this yesterday, and I didn't, and I'm not getting political, I promise, uh, but I'm about to. Uh, I posted this yesterday. Right now, as a reminder, Jesus was not a Republican, and Jesus was not a Democrat, but he was all kingdom. And we are called to be all kingdom-minded. We are called to live and to operate and to be a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of righteousness, the kingdom of justice. And so this is why we're walking through this right now. And I know as I dig into it, it is really just exposing some stuff in my heart. God is working on my heart, and I'm having to uh, repent of stuff and and um, just continue to press into his his goodness and just allow him to grow. And my hope is that we would do that as well. And so uh, this week and next week, we're going to cover three topics in Matthew chapter six. Um, the, the first topic is giving. The second one is prayer. And the third is fasting. And so today we're going to hit on giving a little bit and dive a little bit into prayer. And the next week, we're going to spend a lot of time on prayer and then close out on fasting. But we're we're coming off of We're coming off of uh, Jesus giving out the Beatitudes, blessed are the blank, blessed are the uh, peacemakers, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, right? And then he goes and he says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, which we're going to jump back to in just a few minutes. But then he gives these six examples, and whenever he gives these six examples, he's essentially showing um, humanity the nature of our hearts. For instance, you said that you shall not murder, but I tell you if you're angry with your brother or your sister, therefore you've committed murder in your heart. You see, if we live by a bunch of legalistic rules and we don't pay attention to the heart, what will happen is we're going to try to obtain this kind of perfection or righteousness through our own good deeds. Meanwhile, our heart is inside rotting and decaying and wicked and evil. And that's essentially what Jesus is trying to address. And so the question that really we're coming off of the past um, seven weeks is not um, what can I get away with? As far as uh, sin, as far as how much anger I can have, or uh, how, you know, can I look at this girl and not be lustful? Like, if the question isn't how much can I get away with. Really, the question is, is how can I fully obey in motive and in deed? And that's ultimately what Jesus is speaking to us about and so, um, before we dive into today's text, there's two phrases you're going to see that's going to come up a lot in Matthew chapter six. The first one is uh, when, w h e n, not w i n, w h e n. There we go. Uh, but when, meaning not if you should do something, but when you do something. And then the second thing you're going to say, you're going to see, is Jesus saying these words, truly, truly, I say to you. And when Jesus steps into that place and he says look let me just if Jesus showed up in front of you and he was like truly truly Michael I need to talk to you would you just be like oh thanks for the advice later homeboy deuces and continue no you would you would be like all right I'm you got my attention and that's essentially what he's doing as he's preaching in the middle of this sermon um, he's saying truly truly I'm speaking to you with the authority of the heavenly Father on on behalf of God I am God in flesh and I'm telling you truly truly i god say to you and so you're going to see this but when not if and truly truly i say to you so here we go matthew um matthew chapter six and and let me just for the next two weeks if you're taking notes you can you can write this down um the next two weeks i want you to kind of ask this question or really two questions what and who is your main focus in your life what and who is your main focus? And then the second one is, what is the current condition of your soul? Now, that's for you to sit on, chew on, uh, pray about, talk about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's, that's, uh, that's my long intro. So here we go. I got 23 minutes. Pray for me. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then they will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give, there's that when word, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give, give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And so this is the first time in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he brings in another character or another uh, personality, so to speak, in his sermon. He's saying, blessed are these people, blessed are those people. Um, We need to uh, deal with the matters of our heart. But then he says, don't be like the hypocrites, right? Um, how many of you guys don't like hypocrites? Just a show of hands, all right? I've got a great um, revelation for you. You're a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. Like, we've all said stuff that we either mean to do and we don't do, or we just say it for face time or face value, and then really it's just like, uh, I really don't care, Right? We've all been hypocrites. Uh, some of us, we come to church just to come to church, and it's like really, it's like, oh, we get to hear this guy in skinny jeans talk, and um, and it's it is what it is, but it means nothing, and uh, but you just go through the motions. Jesus is addressing the hypocrites, and the hypocrites that he specifically was talking to was the Pharisees, the rich, religious leaders. Because the religious leaders didn't just have God's law, they also came up with their own law to add in addition to God's law. And then they would go to other people, their congregants or their parishioners, and they would say, Hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z on top of God's law, on top of the Mosaic law, in order to obtain righteousness. And oh, by the way, you're never going to be as good as me. And so there's this constant self-righteousness that started creeping up in there. So I want you to just kind of draw two analogies right here. You have self-righteousness over here, and then you have God's righteousness. With our own self-righteousness, we will always fail whenever we compare our deeds to somebody else's. Always. Like it's just going to be the case. Some of you have failed your own deeds during coronavirus. Do you know how many times I said Monday starts a new day and I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to go running and I'm going to do some push-ups and jumping jacks and crunches? It's a new week. and I'm, Has anyone said this during COVID-19? Anyone besides Jeremy? Because we know Jeremy goes running. Any, no, so, okay, thank you. So a few of you guys. All right. Um, how many of you guys have said you're going to eat healthy during COVID-19. Anyone? A few of you guys. Thank you. Thank you. A few more hands. How many of you guys are still sticking with it? Some of y'all, because y'all are righteous and holy. The rest of you, hypocrites, right? Like, if we compare our good deeds, we break our own standard. And when we break our own standard, if we are not cautious, what will happen is we will start to feel guilt, shame, and condemnation, every time I look at myself in the mirror, I feel guilt and shame. I'm just saying. It's because it's I put on weight. I, I thought that was going to be funny. And, you know, thank you, Noah, for laughing. I greatly appreciate it. At least someone, look, someone watching online, like, put a little, you know, emoji or something like that. I, I don't know. But God's righteousness God's righteousness, which as Christians is what we have as being sons and daughters of the most high God. God's righteousness is on us. God's righteousness essentially is saying, hey, even though you mess up, there's grace for that. See, self-righteous says there isn't grace. Self-righteous says you have to work to obtain. And God's righteousness says, no, there is grace. Just get back up and keep going. This is why every Wednesday, whenever I break my diet, and um, every Monday, whenever I don't go running, I don't feel condemnation anymore because, therefore, is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, right? My belly is telling me something a little different. Look, I kid you not. This is, ask my wife, This is better. do not put this on Instagram, do not put this on Instagram. I love you, honey. But this has been a look. We're driving to the lake the other day. I'm gonna embarrass. I'm embarrassing me. We're driving to, the, we're driving to the lake the other day, and she leans over and she just goes, "Woo!" <laughs> on, be- on my belly like that. And I look at, I look at her, and I was like, "Woman," you know. I didn't, I didn't say that, but I was like, "I know." Thank you. I love you. E- anyways. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, not in my notes, all right? Um, Let me just kind of raise this question in regards to giving, right? Because this is what Jesus is talking about. What are we doing? And are we doing it ultimately for the pleasure of man? Are we doing it for the pleasure of God? Are we doing it to please men, or are we doing it to please God? And many of you, you've been around people who they'll give $100 to, let's say, the Cap City Rescue Mission, right? And they, you know, bust in and they're like, I just gave $100 to the Capital City Rescue Mission. Woo! And what Jesus is saying is self-righteous, there's your reward. But some of you guys, you give and you give in secret and no one knows how much you give. No one knows who you give to. And Jesus looks at that and he says, therefore you will have a a reward a reward, an eternal reward, a heavenly reward. You get Jesus. You you get you get Jesus. It's it's like um, and some of you guys who have been there have, have you ever been to a coffee shop right? And you're sitting there at the coffee shop. Maybe you're doing schoolwork or something. And obviously this is pre-COVID because you really can't just go sit and drink coffee all the time unless you're outside. And someone comes in and they do one of these like they set down their backpack and they're like. Oh, pull out their Bible really big and oh, oh, and they drop it and everyone in Starbucks is like, so what are you reading? Oh, let me tell you what I am reading. And they've got like a Jesus tattoo here and they're, you know, Jesus loves you and the smiley face on the background and, like, their backpack is all Paloma's, like, I work at Starbucks, and I know people like that, and they annoy me, right? Um, what they're doing is, they're, that's a self-righteous act. Why, why can't we just go to Starbucks, and you sit down, you don't make a big fuss, and you just open up your Bible, and oh, I lost my place, uh, and, <laughs> and you, just, you just read your Bible, right? You just sit down, and you're just like, let me just, I'm just going to read my Bible, and, like, uh, you don't have to make a big deal. Let me give you, let me give you an example, right? Um, it's, it's like sometimes you get around people and they're like, oh, bless you, like you're out to eat, right? And it's like, oh, bless you, Father. We just thank you, Lord Jesus, Oh, th- oh, God, I can just feel your anointing on these mashed potatoes, right? Now. And like they're like talking at like a level 10. And meanwhile, you're like, can you just shut up and pray for your food so that I can eat? Because I'm starving like Marvin, and I'm pretty sure it's already blessed, right? That's what Jesus is talking about. Are you letting your righteous acts be something to where other people see so people can look at you and say, oh, you're such a righteous person, or are you doing something in secret that really has the heart of our Father? I remember one time, I I, I think I was hanging out with Matt Wheeler, and we were sitting there having a conversation, and Matt, if it wasn't you, just correct me. But we were having a conversation at Hollywood Cafe, eating wings, And we're just talking about Jesus, just talking about Jesus for hours at a time. And as we're starting to wrap up this conversation, and it it was not one of those like, Matt, let me tell you what Jesus did last week. You know, it was like, hey, man, let's talk about Jesus. And we're talking theology and scripture and leadership and all this stuff centered around Jesus. And this guy comes up to us. He's about to head out or we're about to head out or something like that. And he goes, hey, um. I'm not a Christian. If anything, I'm probably an atheist or an agnostic. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't even ascribe to any kind of organized religion. But I've been listening to y'all's conversation, and I've never in my life heard two people sit down and talk about Jesus Christ with as much passion as you guys did. One's self-righteous, and one is other is letting your light shine before all men. Which then kind of draws this parallel, right? Because in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, I lost my place again. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, Jesus turns to his disciples and to the people in the crowd that he's preaching this sermon to, and he says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world, right? He says, You are the light of the world. Don't let your light hide on this lampstand, right? Don't let your light hide on this lampstand. Um, But let it shine for all men. Let your deeds shine before all men so that they may give glory to your heavenly Father above. But then one chapter or in a few short breaths later, Jesus says, do your deeds in secret. Now, if you didn't really understand the context right here, it kind of sounds like the Bible just contradicted itself it kind of sounds like Jesus just contradicted himself. Because in one breath he says, let your light shine before all men so that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your heavenly Father. And then over here it says, everything you do, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Do it in secret. So Jesus, what are you saying? Because I'm not really that smart, and I'm definitely not the Messiah. I'm definitely not God. What is it that you're really speaking to right here? Well, see, Jesus in Matthew 5 was addressing one sin, the sin of cowardice, of being a coward. And then in Matthew chapter 6, he's addressing another sin, the sin of pride. And so let me kind of draw this, um, I guess, give this best explanation of like, when is it that we let our light shine before all men, and when is it that we do things in secret? And kind of the best way I've I heard was when tempted to hide, when tempted to hide your faith, let your light shine before all men. When you're tempted to not pray for that person. When you're tempted not to speak up in a certain situation, when you're tempted to, there's a conversation going on about theology or about Christianity or about world religion, and you just kind of want to stay in your cubicle um, or you want to you know, block out the Zoom call screen, maybe that's the Holy Spirit leading you to speak up and to let your light shine and to not be a coward in that moment. But on the flip side... When you're tempted to tell everyone about your great deeds and your righteous acts, that's probably pride speaking. And maybe you should allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to doing those things in private. So as a church, we want to share with you about giving. And here's why we want to share with you about giving. We're very... Uh, upfront about giving. We're, we, as you know, right now, we are we are giving to the Capital City Rescue Mission. I'm going to get on stage next week, and I'm going to tell you an amount that we are giving to the Capital City Rescue Mission. And the reason we do that is because you guys are sowing a seed and giving faithfully to the storehouse. You are giving a seed to this house, and we want to let you know the ministry that is taking place and the lives that are being changed so that someone who maybe is far from God who comes into church, and they just happen to check it out, and they're like, oh, they're talking about money again oh but they just gave out three thousand dollars that's incredible and what that does is hopefully it will encourage people to buy into not giving money but buy into the mission of the gospel which is to seek and save the lost on the flip side i have some really good friends of mine and a few weeks ago probably two months ago now i have this zoom call with them and they're like mike i got it we got to tell you the craziest thing happened today. I was like, "What?" It's like, "Tell me." And I'm like, "All right, you know, what'd you get?" You know, you won the you get a scratch off or something like that, you win 100 bucks or you bumped into someone and led them to Jesus. Like I was that's kind of what I was expecting. And they go, "Dude, we got home and there's an envelope with our names on it and we opened the envelope and there is a verse in this letter and a $32,000 check attached." And we have no idea who it's from. And I was like, "Really? Tell me more. Like, who do you think this could be? Let me go be friends." Like, right? I did not say that. I did not say that. But I was, I was like, "Are you, are you serious?" And they're like, "We think it's fake, but we're not sure." So they went and deposited the check, and they had to wait because you know it's such a big check. There's a a hold on it and stuff. Um, And uh, five days later, they text me and they're like, "Oh my gosh, it cleared! It cleared!" And they said, that's so interesting because we've been praying about saving up and buying a house, and we could use this for a down payment. Well, they're going in to go close on a house pretty soon, and this is literally going to be within $100 of everything that they need for their closing costs, their insurance, taxes, and their down payment. But they have no idea who gave it to them. That, what you do in secret giving in secret whoever that man or woman or organization was we have no idea they have no idea but that is god moving and that person will reap a eternal harvest and an eternal reward so are we doing it for the heart of men are we doing it for the heart of god Continue on verse five and when you pray, so he talks about giving, and then he shifts it. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corner. Again, he's he's going after. Who are you trying to please when you pray? Man, or are you trying to please God? That you may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their, their reward. But when you pray, again, there's that when, when you pray, Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I think what Jesus is trying to say right here, and maybe this is the case for some of us, is that when you go to church and you publicly pray, when you go out and you're in a group and you publicly pray, and some of us, we know some loud prayers, right? And look, I like people who pray loud. I love people who pray loud. I love people who shout me down while I'm preaching. Clearly, that's none of y'all today. But, you know, thank you. Thank you. That's affirmation, right? That's me trying to please men, you know. Like, um, but, uh, but, like, we know people who are like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Woo, shut up. You know, they, and they get all excited in public but their prayer life at home is non-existent. What Jesus is saying here is what you praise in public and what you do in public better be happening in private as well. It would be foolish of me to get up here and to, to preach a message to you guys and to say, God is moving and God's doing all of this and to not put in the work in my quiet place with the heavenly father, preparing and praying for you guys and praying for this message. Like almost every Sunday I get here early and I spend time praying, looking over my notes, praying for the hearts of men and women to be transformed did not happen today, but that was not because I wasn't here. There was a whole other issue, a crisis that came up. Um, But like, what we do in public, we better be doing in private. And that essentially is what Jesus is saying right here. And I think sometimes we overcomplicate prayer, right? Like I know whenever I was a new Christian, how do I pray? I I love you, God. Thank you. Prayer is simply a conversation between you and God. I I love what C.S. Lewis said. Let Let me pull this quote up and read this. In a biography about c.s lewis he records a conversation between him and another gentleman this guy harry it says and and again um he kind of poses this question he says but i know how hard you've been praying this is harry talking to c.s lewis i know how hard you've been praying and how god is answering your prayers right and this is C.S. Lewis's response. He said, Harry, that's not why I pray. I pray because I can't help myself. I be- pray because I am helpless. And I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, walking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. Prayer changes me. And I absolutely love that. Because the more often you pray for something, the more God changes your heart. When you start praying for someone who hates you, like we talked about last week, God starts to transform your heart. When you start praying for God to give you opportunities, God starts to transform your heart and you start to notice these opportunities. He, he continues on. He continues on in, in verse 7 and he says, And when you pray, do not heap up Empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, I want to pause here because He's saying, don't heap up a bunch of empty phrases, a bunch of empty words. But Jesus is about to model for us prayer, which we're not going to get into today. That'll be next week. He's about to model for us for prayer, and it's the most number one recited prayer in all of the world. My question is, is when we recite that prayer, are we reciting it based upon tradition is what we're supposed to do? Are we reciting it so that we can truly commune with our Heavenly Father? I remember whenever we first, maybe a year or two into this church, I remember we had pre service prayer, pre experience prayer, and this kid came up. His name was Anthony. And he grabbed the microphone, and he was a shy kid, didn't talk a lot. John Paloma, you guys will probably remember this. He came up and he grabbed the microphone, and he stood here, trembling, shaking, but he wanted to pray. Wanted to pray. And he goes, Father, God, have mercy on us. And he walked away, shaking, timid, afraid. But he was allowing him wanting to hide that cowardice spirit to be Put to death and to let his light shine before all men. See, his issue wasn't pride, his issue was being too fearful. And I remember afterwards we were talking, we would meet every Sunday night. We're like, What, what happened? And, and everyone at the table was like, Dude, Anthony stole church today. I'm like, Yeah, he did. No, like literally, he prayed, God have mercy on us, and the presence of God fell in that room, not because of anything great that he said, but because of the purity and but because of the heart and the motive that he had of, I want to please God. It's just like the guy, the beggar, who Jesus is walking by and he starts hitting his chest and screaming out, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus doesn't turn around and say, do you know the Romans road? Do you know the prayer for salvation? Have you done A, B, and C? Have you cleaned up your wicked Gentile, your wicked pharisaical ways? No, Jesus turns to him and says, today you have been forgiven. Today you will be healed. I think we overcomplicate prayer. There are methods to praying. There are models to praying. There is no formula, though, that gets God to just do something. And anyone that teaches you that, I just have to say it's false. That's a false doctrine. You see one model with Jesus. You see one model with Paul. You see another model with Timothy. And all of these different prayers, there's a different model that takes place. I think what Jesus is trying to say is, where's your heart today? Where's your heart today? And your prayer may simply just be, God, I don't know what to say, but I need you. I need you to move right now. I need you to speak to me right now. And I don't even know what that looks like, God, but I'm a little frustrated with life right now. And I need you to speak. He says in verse 9, when you pray, pray like this. I'm going to stop here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. I don't know if you've turned on the TV this week, but I said a few weeks ago, 2020 was only going to get worse. And we may not be in quarantine right now, but it's not getting any better. Let me just read to you some events that have taken place since last Sunday. We had this horrific shooting, and I know you could say, we don't know the details, you're right, we don't know all the details, but we know that there was a shooting of of Jacob Blake, shot eight times in his back with his children in the car. That then sparked more protest, which then turned into riots because some people started rioting, which then led to more people dying and again were hurting again. You have professional sports around America that are boycotting things and standing in solidarity. On top of that, you have Hurricane Laura who plummeted into Cameron, Louisiana, and Lake Charles, Louisiana. I got a text this morning from a pastor in a small town, Ragley, Louisiana. And I'm talking a small town, small church of maybe two or three dozen people. And he says, People are devastated. We literally have three entire families who have lost everything in their that they owned in this hurricane. On top of that, there's the wildfires that took place in California, and then there were wildfires that broke out in Colorado. Some fifty thousand people had to evacuate. Plus, there were people that died. Yesterday, we saw that there was the death of Chadwick Bozeman, someone that was a hero. To the black community, the first really like lead role, uh, um, black hero and man, I think it's awesome. But we hear about his his death. We're dealing with parents who are terrified to send their kids to school. Parents unsure of what to do because of COVID-19. And on top of that, you hear about more businesses in our area that are shutting down because they've ran out of money, because they they can't keep going. You you hear about the lawsuit that's taking place at Crossgates Mall, $800,000 of unpaid rent from a bunch of small business owners that can't pay their rent. So all of this is going on in our world right now, on top of COVID-19. On top of a political election, on top of the, the crap that we have to deal with in our life and the experiences that we are having to fight through, God, what's going on? Tuesday night, Christy and I we went to Lake George. And I went and grabbed something out of the car. The kids were in bed.) <laughs> Maybe you've had one of these moments, but like I'm going out and there's the car, walking over to the car, doing my own thing. We're about to watch the office inside, which is great. We totally did. And open up the car, shut the car door, and I look up and not a light around us. And I see the millions and millions of stars that are naked that that are visible to the naked eye. And I had this moment. We are living in a world of such chaos. But our Father, holy is your name. Holy is your name. And we are invited to talk to that holy God who created this beautiful canvas that I got to look out on Tuesday night. And not only does he want to talk to me, but he wants to speak to me. And he wants to commune to me. And he wants to be in relationship with me. And he wants to pull me closer and closer and closer. And so my challenge for us this week, not if you pray, but when you pray, God, God, What's your thoughts on the shooting that took place? God, what's your thoughts on COVID-19? How should I respond to this? God, what's your thoughts on the economic crisis? Because he is seated in a high and lofty throne, and the train of his robe fills the temple. And he will return as a conquering king. And regardless of the chaos around us, worship team, you guys can go on and come out. Regardless of everything that's happening, God is still good. He is still good. And I don't understand 2020. I don't understand what's going on. But God is still good. And that's what I want to leave you with today. Our Father in heaven, holy, holy is your name.